When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast, where we take a look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Now let's join our hosts, Jeff Cross and Chad Ozzie, as we learn how to have an uncommon drive towards success. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Drive with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. We are looking forward to sharing with you uh, again about life and leadership and legacy through the lens of collegiate officiating and uh, looking forward to what that's going to mean today. Uh, Today, Jeff, we're talking about this idea of communication Mm -hmm. and specifically communication within the games that we work. Uh, and for those of us that are officiating, that could be baseball, basketball, football, whatever sport we're doing. It can also be within uh, the business world. You know, when, when we're in the midst of the negotiation, when we're those kinds of things, and, and sometimes things are, are not just easy. It's not just back and forth kind of banter. How do we communicate in some of those high pressure situations? How do we communicate uh, kind of preemptively to get us ready for those high pressure situations uh, and some of those things. Uh, kind of what's your philosophy when it comes to communication within the course of a game? Well, I don't know if I, <laughs> it's, I mean, philosophy on one I communicate or how I communicate during a game is it's a tough, tough question, I would say. Ultimately, with as, we, as I've said, you and I have talked in road trips before, communication needs to be something that you practice daily. It has to be something that you practice daily. I mean, you cannot turn on your communication switch. So that way it becomes very easy when you're communicating throughout the game. Um, and it, of course, you know, there's all kinds of books you can read and every, all this, you know, better communication, you know, for what's that, you know, pregnancy for dummies, communication for dummies. You know, you can, everybody has a book for it. But 
one of the tricks that I use is I find myself all the time, and especially during games, is I find myself, if you and I were working together and I see the coach asking you a question, I'm trying to formulate what kind of question. And most of the time you can do that from across the floor. You can say, oh, he's asking about a travel play or whatever it is. I'm already asking myself, how would I answer that question? So when I, so I, I'm prepared for that. Or if I see a play where a coach erupts, what's going to be my response? I'm processing a response if he asked me, he or she asked me about that. I, we may not get a chance to be in front of each other where he can, he or she can ask me that question. But when they do, I feel that I'm more prepared. So when I do that, so if you have a, a dialogue with coach, and then maybe when we get time. I will ask you what question did they ask you, and you say, "Yeah, they were asking about the, the traveling, the no call and the traveling." And I would ask what your answer is, what your answer was, and if your answer coincides with my, how I would answer, then I'm like, "Okay, we're on the same page." But that's not the end of it. I would say, if you whatever your answer was, and I saw that that really calmed the coach down and that wasn't the answer that I was going to give or the way I would have responded, then I got to throw mine out. And that's what I'm doing. I'm keeping those, okay, Chad used this response to a question, to a type of question, and he had success with it. That makes it better than mine. So now Chad's response is going into my toolbox where a lot of times we don't do that. You know, we just, you know, we just, you know, referee aimlessly out there. Like I heard that, I saw that coach was mad. What were they mad about? You know, and, and then they go, oh, I told them this. And they go, oh, la 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 And then off away they go to, to go referee some more. That's where I think I've been fortunate to be able to hone that skill to really focus and pay attention to everything that's going on with that, within the game and put in and keep the things that, are, that I see that are successful, whether you're using them or I'm using them. And that way, most of the tools that I bring out during a game or any situation are going to be successful. You know, I hear you use that term tool and toolbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be teaching this weekend at a collegiate camp. And, and we're going to use that phrase a, a ton with our campers. Anybody that's been to a collegiate camp has kind of heard at least some version of that, right? Mm-hmm. Where, okay, you may get four or five different tools this week. And you may never bring some of them out of the toolbox. Right, right. You know, I, I have an oil filter wrench <laughs> in my garage. Yeah. I can tell you that oil filter wrench has never been used. I've got it if I need it. Maybe yeah. there's a need for it someday. But yeah. I'm just going to be honest. I'm lazy. I let somebody else change my oil. And so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily need that particular tool, even though I've got it in my toolbox. And I know that, that some of us, are going to look at situations. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm working a game with a, a Jeff Cross, and I hear an answer that he gives to a coach, and I'm thinking, well, man, I can use that one, and maybe I can, maybe I can't. Maybe maybe that's something that that you can use because you have a ten year history with that coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a phrase you can use because there's a certain level of, uh, of comfortability that a coach has that maybe somebody who's new to a conference, mm-hmm. you know, would, would not have. So how do you begin to test out what tools work for you and what tools don't? Well, I will, a couple things. First thing, I know for a fact the sledgehammer very rarely works in any situation. Okay. It just doesn't work. As much as we want to use the sledgehammer, the sledgehammer is the one that fits everybody's hands. 
It's easy to operate. We can swing one whack, we get it done, and we're done with it. Doesn't mean you haven't ruined the piece of equipment you're working on, which would be the coach or the player or whoever you're communicating with, even your partner. So the sledgehammer very rarely works. So I would get take that out. Not that you don't want to keep it in there. And also, you know, I guess the analogy I would like to use is, you know, my son is a mechanic and he has lots of tools and he knows how to use them all. But if he was to give me whatever, something to check if the electrodes are running right in the distributor, even though I know this tool works on this part, I don't know how to operate the tool. Mm. So when I don't know how to operate the tool, that doesn't help me. So I would need to investigate more. Okay, I see a line that Chad used, and can I use that tool? So now in the locker room, post-game, in the car ride home, let's talk more about how you got to that, that answer, that response, and what, you know, did you find some failure in that response also? Did it automatically always work for you? Or did it only start working after you had this coach four or five times? What was the scenario? So that way you know you can you know process that. Okay, I'm getting ready to pull out this fancy tool here, and I don't know if this is the right time to use it, but I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather was a, a wood carver. Mm-hmm. In fact, right over there on my shelf, you can see a, a duck that he oh, carved, yeah. and it looks mm-hmm. like real feathers on it. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Sometimes he would come into a room carrying it like it was a real duck and people would think it was real. It's, it's yeah. kind of amazing what he does or what he did. Uh, but one of the things that I remember when he was first learning how to do those particular pieces is he would take scrap wood, right? And he practiced on the scrap wood. Mm-hmm. He made mistakes with the scrap wood and he would use them for things. He didn't then just throw them away. But as he was learning stuff, you know, he'd make little knickknacks for the grandkids or whatever. So it it was still useful, but he wasn't figuring out how to use that tool for the piece that was going to somebody that had commissioned it. Mm -hmm. He was using it there. Um, I know regardless of what level um, we may work, we we got people listening that work junior high games all the way up to, you know, collegiate postseason kind of stuff. And, how do you look for places that maybe aren't the big moment, mm-hmm. but how do you look for places to try out those tools? That's exactly where my brain was going. I'm glad you asked that question because I'm thinking, please ask this question. <laughs> okay, you did. <laughs> so, and, and that is, okay, if I'm working a Big Ten conference matchup in February, that's not the first time I'm going to use that line. That line has went through some progression. And probably the first time I used it, you know, if we go way far back, was in a junior high girls basketball game. And then, oh, it kind of had some success. Let's try it at the high school varsity, you know. And to this day, so now that, you know, now let's just scale it up a little bit. So we don't want this line or this answer, this response to show up in February in the Big Ten. Let's try it in November in the GLBC. Or let's try it in December in a JUCO game. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we have, if you want to call them lower level, smaller levels, you know, not a, you know smaller leagues, whatever that is, game, doesn't mean it's not an opportunity for you to educate yourself. Even so much in camp, when I'm a clinician at a camp and I see officials interacting with coaches and I see it goes well, I want to know what you say, what you do, how you say it so I can learn, I can absorb it. Okay, I saw this handled in a camp. 
I'm going to see if I can implement it into my game. And that's where, you know, I think a lot of people are making mistakes. You know, they're making mistakes with that. And when they do, they they miss the opportunity. Yeah. I know that I, I encourage a lot of officials to work levels that may be very different from what they currently work. And by that, I don't mean that they need to, um, you know, it's just, you know, Division One power conference mm. versus Division One mid-major, mm. things like that. But uh, the other day, I, I went and worked one of those junior high girls basketball games that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it is, is that you forget how hard that is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're an official out there right now listening to this and you're working junior high, high school games every week, you're picking up that, that freshman boys game on a Monday before that varsity girls game on a Tuesday and that sophomore mm-hmm. game on a Wednesday, you know, and you're just one of those guys that's out grinding games, making it possible for the sports that we love to continue, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you work those games, first of all, let me just say as an official to another official, thank you for mm-hmm. putting in that really difficult work. Yep. Um, some of the college games that I'm going to work this year are going to be easy games to call. Sure. You know, they're players that have great sense of their own physicality and their athleticism. They can control their body well. Mm-hmm. Shots are going to go in. Rebounds are going to be clean. Uh, coaches are going to coach well, players are going to play well, and officials are going to try our best to officiate well. Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen every game we go Mm -hmm. out, but there's a lot of them that are going to be that way. I have yet to see a junior high game go well in any of those aspects. (laughs) Right? That's true. I mean, it just just doesn't. I mean, it's hard. But now, on, on the plus side of it, you you see things that you wouldn't normally see in the course of that regular college sure. season. You mm-hmm. know, there's a there's a weird rule that's going to come into play three times a season at the junior high level that may come into play once every twenty years at the collegiate level. Well, the only way that's going to help, though, Chad, is this. Okay, this let's say some strange play happens or some weird scenario happens in a junior high girls game last night. The only way that's going to help you or other officials. Is if you don't, if you take it, take it with you, out of, into the locker room, discuss it out of the locker room to your friends, discuss it to a meeting, discuss it. If you go, oh yeah, uh, we had that play, and you didn't tell anybody about it, it, it's like it didn't even happen then. Yep. That's where you know where we have those opportunities. Oh yeah, I had this really goofy play. I'll never do junior high basketball again. Why? Because I had this really goofy play, and I don't want to see it again. Well, meanwhile, we had a chance to educate multiple people on this one play, one scenario, or one response, and we didn't because we're too worried about flushing it out of our, you know, our memory because we don't want to think about it anymore. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've seen guys who are working, you know, local recreation league baseball games, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where they're going to have three obstruction calls yeah. a game, and, and they never have that. They very rarely have that at the collegiate level, but mm-hmm. because they've seen it, sure. They're, they're able to pull that out of that muscle. It's, it's a tool that's in the toolbox mm-hmm. that now they can pull out in that one moment that they need it that yeah. now all of a sudden they're a rock star with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard you make a comment one time, and I know we're, we're talking specifically about communication, but I think this is what gives us the authority to be able to communicate well with coaches. You said one time to me that sometimes people struggle with play calling because they don't really know the rules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't really know what makes a travel a travel, that might be the reason that you feel like you're not very good at travel calls, yep. right? If you don't really understand the principles of verticality, 
It may be a reason why you're having issues with rebounding or post-play or other things like that. Okay. Um, and I believe that then when we have that, that knowledge within us, because we have had those conversations with other people and we have shared it back and forth, all of a sudden now we're super confident when it comes to that coach communication. I, I remember one time very vividly, I had a partner of mine who turned to a coach and says, Coach, hey, I, I'm telling you, I'm 100% on this rule because we had it last week and we got it wrong. What I an thought, answer. what an answer. Huh? I thought that was an awesome answer <laughs> yeah. for that coach because it was that honesty mm -hmm. to say, Look, the reason I'm 100% is because I wasn't 100% last week yeah. and we got it wrong. I just missed it. That's mm -hmm. right. And mm -hmm. now I know. And the, the funny thing is, Instead of that making that coach doubt that if it well if he got it wrong then maybe he's getting it wasn't that it was like okay well if he's gonna do that then, then I trust that we're and it totally diffused mm -hmm. the situation. It you know those a phrase that officials do not use enough or a phrase or whatever you want to call it is they don't take responsibility they just they fail to do that every time you know one of my great. I think a good response for me a lot of times when coaches asking me something and they're frustrated about something, I'll just say, what did I miss? It's that simple. I put it on me. What did I miss? Tell me what I missed. Because it's clear that they think I've missed something. And it, tell me what it was. So that way I can adjust from there, you know. And, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't apologize enough. You know, we don't admit defeat enough. Now we don't want to just go through the whole game going. I'm sorry, you know. You know, got that one wrong. Yeah, what I, Boy, I wish I had that you know one back. I mean? Right, you know. We don't want to do that all day, but it's amazing what that can do and how that can diffuse a situation. Because what's your, the story you're telling me? Basically, this this official admitted they were wrong. Maybe not necessarily in that game, mm -hmm. but they were wrong in the past, which is causing them to be correct now. And that's why that coach was listening because they're like they just admitted they're wrong. Not too many officials do that, and when you do that, it just changes the whole dynamic, the whole playing field when it comes to communication with anyone, not just coaches. You know, if, if I'm having a discussion with someone at my at work, and I admit I'm wrong, or an email say, "Hey, I apologize for this," I think that's the first thing you do. And another thing is, I, I don't believe in saying I'm sorry. I don't think I'm sorry is good enough. I think that is very mundane. That is like we talked about, we've talked about in previous podcasts. I don't say good morning. I'd say, how'd you sleep? Did you dream? Did you have any dreams last night? That's what I, I want to know more, right? So when I apologize, I say things like, would you please accept my apology? Because now it puts it on you. If I say I'm sorry, just because I say it doesn't mean you're going to accept that. You're going to say, eh, whatever, it's okay, or whatever it is. But when I say, will you please accept my apology? And you say, no need to apologize, or yes, I accept that, that we're both clear now. We've both turned the page and off to the next process. All right. So one of the things that we want to do over the course of this podcast is, is be practical okay. with things, right? There's, there's lots of stuff that's philosophy and it's great. Not everything matches everybody. Mm -hmm. But I want to do right now is I want to throw some crossisms at you. Mm. Okay. You're gonna throw my crosses. I'm gonna throw me? your crossisms at you. Okay. All right. Because right. I've I've learned a few okay. here and there. All right. And what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to talk about the the moments you use them and why. Okay. Okay. So that's that's what I'm gonna do. And these are again these are tools that you can put in your toolbox. Okay. And use. Uh, and what works for him may not work for you. 
but you may hear something and go, oh man, if I if I just tweak that a little bit, this would be great for my and, and there's a few of these that I'm gonna throw at Jeff that you've probably never thought of before. Probably that, that never I've thought said? of that you said. Not you, I'm talking about our listener out there. Okay. There's some that our listeners have probably never, never thought, thought about. Just so everyone listening, I have no idea what this list is. I feel like we're right. on a game show. That's right. He is absolutely <laughs> ill-prepared for this in I mean, every way, shape, mm-hmm. and form. But that's that good because be. in a game, you're not ready for the communication that's going to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start with the one you just said. Coach, what did I miss? Right. Where's the moment you use that? And how often can you use it? Well, usually I use that in a moment when we're really elevated. A very elevated moment when... Because that's going to help bring that coach a little bit closer to ground level because they're so elevated. When you go in and say, man, what did I miss? Um, that is just, that's typically, I've never, ever had that response not de-escalate in some way, shape, or form. Never do you say that. I've never said it. And they've got more elevated because you're admitting defeat. And we want to know their information, what it is. So, so that's that's usually when I use it almost always. What was the other part of the question? Uh, so w- when do you use that? Yeah, okay. That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So you've, yeah. you've got that there. When that's it's good. elevated, that's that's a big time. And sometimes I'll even say, what did we miss? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily I. I mean, I like to use I because I like to take ownership of, you know, you're talking to me, you're, you're talking to what did I miss? Because if we missed it, that means I missed it. Um, so, and I think it's just, if you ever get a chance to use it, and you have bad luck with it, I'd like to hear about it because I don't know that there's, you can't use it every time you go down the floor like we've talked about, but I think it's a great response when they're really, really elevated to figure that out. All right. So now I've got one that's, it's a little specific and I may not get this phrase exactly right, but I think I'm going to get the gist of it here, okay? okay. All right. Coach, if if I miss something like that, I hope one of my partners comes and grabs it for me. Yeah, it's similar, right? Yep. Yeah. So... I'm hoping that my phrase is, I hope that my partner would do the same thing for me that I just did for him. I like her. that. Okay, so let's so, talk about that scenario. Because that that is that typically comes up when a coach is wondering why you blew the whistle outside your primary into someone else's. You know, those kind of things. I think the absolute wrong answer is, I got that right, coach. You know, mm-hmm. had to be called, 100% or whatever it is. I mean, you can maybe get to those answers or those responses, but I think the main time you want to use that is is when they're, so I don't understand why you're calling that, Jeff, when Chad's standing right there. I hope that he's going to do the same thing for me when I get locked out of a play. And I, I think that's a really great statement because we all know what it's like. There's a play that happens right in front of another official, and mm-hmm. I don't care what sport we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? There, yep. we all, Regardless of sport, we all have our our primary responsibilities mm-hmm. and something happens right in front of the official and we've all been that official that it's in front of that either the play blew up on us mm-hmm. and we didn't see or we simply got blocked out mm-hmm. or we were out of position for mm-hmm. a minute. I mean, there could be a dozen different reasons right. Your why we shows miss. no foul. That's and right. You have, it shows no foul, right. And, and where we're at, for whatever reason, we just cannot see something that is obvious. Now, again, we're not talking right here in this moment about a ticky-tack if iffy kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're talking about something that needs to be called. Mm-hmm. And and you step in and you say, man, I hope they would do that for me if I was in that same situation. Yeah. 
Um, I think that is a, a great way to help diffuse it because all the coach sees is one person six feet away and another person 36 feet away. Mm-hmm. How can that person be the one making the call? Yeah. And I know you use the phrase a lot of time, you know, about an open versus a closed look. Sure. And again, regardless of sport, we have that. Sometimes the play just opens to us and the person that's furthest away from the play actually does have the best look. Mm-hmm at that play and we have to choose those very carefully when we choose to put air in the whistle Mm -hmm. but when we do i think it's a great communication piece with the coach yeah it's you know we don't have to use that out very often you know if if everyone in the crew is doing what they're supposed to be doing position adjust to get open looks all the things but sometimes they do close up on you you got to get them and when they do that that is going to be a really good response i like that here's another one of my favorites Coach, I agree. Coach, I agree. Talk to us just a minute about what happens in your mind when you choose to agree with a coach. Yeah, I look for chances to agree with coaches whenever I can. Okay. Whenever I can. Now, isn't that kind of backwards the way most of us think? Don't we think that we're kind of adversaries with the coach? And so if they think one thing, we ought to think another? Well, it does seem to be backwards, and that would make us uncommon. I so. agree. <laughs> um, I, I look for now. I typically, very rarely, just say I agree okay. and shut it off. Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of using that as the lead in yeah, wherever right. you might go. So typically, there is I you know when a coach is upset about a travel call instead of a foul or whatever it is, and she you know they're yelling, she traveled, she traveled. And that's when you could say, and, I, and maybe I put a foul on the play. I agree. She did travel, but it was after the contact happened. Instead of saying contact, you know, foul, it's foul. That's all there is to it. We find a way to say, okay, it's the contact that caused the travel. So I agree with you. She did travel, but after the contact. Yeah. That's the way we got to use that play. And I, I, I've taken that a lot of different places after I'd heard you share that. And one of the ways that that I found is that even from the very, even from the very first handshake, you know, occasionally well, we didn't get to do that last year with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't right. get to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I have no idea if that'll be part of our protocol this year or not. I don't right. know what it's like, but we all know that typically early in the game there is some sort of interaction with the coach, mm-hmm. right? You know, and uh, you know, and whatever you know it is. You know, hey coach, you know, great to see you today. You know, hope hope you had a great travel over whatever. Man, I mean the, the weather was nuts today getting here. I agree, coach. Man, it was it was tough mm-hmm. making this drive today. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden there's there's a place of commonality there. Yeah. You know, where where we're kind of on the same and it seems so innocuous and so simple, but that moment, one, for them to kind of feel like you're human, but two, hey, the first conversation we had today wasn't a disagreement. Yeah. You know, we, if they say that and I turn around and go, man, my drive was easy today. Yeah, right. well, what have right. I done from the get-go? <laughs> I've said, well, my life's so much easier yeah. than yours, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's, you know, yeah. I, I think it's key. We don't do it enough. That's yeah. all there is to it. We don't do it enough. You know, boy, it's cold outside. And you go, and off you go, right? You mm-hmm. know, because you maybe don't like the cold or whatever it is or you know, tough enough, you know, whatever the, whatever the scenario might be, I think you're just better off finding times to agree. Yeah. And the more you do it, the better everything will go. And, and coaches aren't expecting it. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times a season does a coach hear an official agree with them? 
Yeah. Very rarely. Very rarely, right. Very rarely. Yeah. Now, just because I agree doesn't mean I'm changing anything. That's right. You know, and listen, I agree. That looked like a block shot from here. You know what I mean? I agree. That looked like a travel from here. But I'm not on the play or whatever, you know, whatever the scenario is. I agree. It didn't look, you know, it did look like a block shot from here. Here comes Chad now. Ask him all about it. Yeah. You know, whatever that is. Now they're going to try and twist those words around. Sure. Oh, Jeff agrees with me. He said you missed it. You know, whatever that may be. But now we, we have that opportunity. We have a common ground. And I can do that with you. I can do that with my secretary at work. I can do it with anyone. You know, I agree that Microsoft program is difficult. Mm-hmm. But let's try this. Yeah. And that place of agreement is just the it's just the opening statement. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, so if, if we're gonna go back to the to the toolbox, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that thing that's gonna hold it open so I can see everything else inside. Yep. yep. You know, and begin to to work with it. There. Well ultimately what it does is it gets it gets the person who's hearing I agree for them to pause. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, they agree with me. Wait a second. Maybe I got a point. Maybe I can win this argument, right? And then we continue on. Now we've got a captive audience because we just told a coach or a player that we agree. Now they want to listen. So that means you're going to change it. That means you're going to do something different, right? That's That means all these things. And then we continue on with what the real issue is. And that's why, it was why we can't change it because of the, the foul or whatever it may be. So I think it's a great way to start. All right. So I got one for you now. I'm going to use it in a very specific instance, okay. but then it's it's a concept that you can then elaborate on. All right. All right. You're getting ready to inbound the ball. They're standing over underneath the basket. We need to be out at tick mark. Yeah. Hey, can, can you please come out here? Hey, thank you so much right. for moving to this spot. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me why you would use it in that spot and tell me some other areas that you would choose to thank people. Right. Well, we have to also put in, I'm sorry, in there too. Okay. So when you have a player that you need to move, whatever it is, two, three, four steps, you've asked them to go to a different spot than what they've already chosen or whatever the rules allow. Mm-hmm. They, you know, sorry for making you have to move. Thank you for doing that. Those are two things that we don't use enough. We, sorry, thank you, I agree. Those are all things we should be using. We use, if we think about this, we use those terms and those phrases in like our marriages, our, our relationships, our close friends, our relatives all the time. Why? Or at should, least we should. We should. Right, right. <laughs> we should. If you're not, then you listen, you got more books to read. Why aren't we using this in a competitive environment? Why are we doing that? And that's, that's just what I do. So that, you know, when someone's standing under the basket and they're supposed to be free throw line extended, I need you to come over a couple more steps. You know, can you give me a step or two? Whatever that may be. So sorry to make you move. You know, have them when they're at the 28-foot mark. They're supposed to be at the tick mark. You know, or, so here we go. Hey, you know, I need you down here. So sorry to make you have to move. Sorry about that. Thank you for doing it. Those, that, that stuff goes, at least for me, I don't know if it does any good, but it makes me feel more human. It makes me feel less aggressive. It makes me feel less um, standoffish. I am okay with doing that. If it doesn't help, then that's fine. I know it can't make it worse. Yeah, I like that. So I've got one more I want to use, and there's lots of cross-isms out there that you <laughs> use for different things and, and all that kind These of are all ones I do use a lot. You're These right. are ones mm-hmm. that you use. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ones that, that I've learned have been beneficial to me, and so I know that if there are people out there listening that 
that haven't had exposure to some of these, I, I think these really can be helpful. Uh, but this one I, I really like. Um, Coach, I wish I could get them all right. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about well, that. Well, I wish they were all great calls. Okay. Yeah, that's typically what I use. Okay. And that's when I know I've missed one. All right. right? I know it just don't, nothing feels good about it, you know. And, and I'll remember, I'll, I remember this, the first time I used this line, this response, was in an early season November type game. And we just put in the restricted area under the basket and we were trying to figure out all the, you know, how the, the, the rule works, you know. So we're out there in early November and we, we've studied it, but now we're starting to see these plays. And I had some sort of contact that was under the, in within that restricted area. Now we know it has to be a block or a charge, you know. And it was like that before, but I just didn't understand it as well. And I had some contact and I hit it, you know, I blew the whistle. It may or may not have been a foul. And I went by the coach after the free throws. And, you know, of course, she was upset with me. And, like, Jeff, how is that a foul? And my answer was very simple. I wish they all could be great calls. She got it. Mm -hmm. They get it. You know, I don't need to put myself on the cross. And you don't have to nail me to it every time I miss a call. I'm, you know, as, as I've said in previous podcasts, my name is Jeff. It's not robot. It's not computer. You know, it's not some Microsoft hardware. It. I just can't get them all right, and I'm not going to be able to do that. But the, if I can give myself up in different ways, besides, hey, I missed it. Mm -hmm. right? That's that's normal. That's common. People are saying that every day. Yeah, I missed it. How about I wish they all could be great calls, and sometimes they're just not. And I think that's when I use those things. I, I cannot use that line in an elevated position I, I gotta use that in a something where basically you know if I'm if I'm being honest here like no harm was done yep I called this foul it's a 20-point ball game it's not gonna have any bearing on the end of this game that's when that line or that response can come into play because they're gonna be a little bit more receptive to it if you use that in a one-point ball game it's probably not gonna be a good feeling yeah and you know, again, we, we want things to be practical. And so when when people hear these tools, you notice that as I said them to you, right. I said them differently mm -hmm. than you said them to me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the way I might use them within the course of a game might be more similar to what you said or more similar to what I said or somewhere mm -hmm. in between. Uh, let's go back to the, uh, the thought about my grandfather. I remember one of the things that my grandpa used to do is he would modify tools all the time. Mm -hmm. We had this exacto set, and there was one of them that to do this thing, he had to take a chip out of the middle of one of the blades. I'm sure it was so dangerous. There's no <laughs> telling you know, what was going on with it, right? But he did that because there was a specific job he needed to do. Mm -hmm. And for that tool to work for him, he had to modify that tool. And so I would encourage everybody that's listening today, regardless of the sport you work, regardless of the job that you got, regardless of your family situation, as you think about some of these in-game or in-crisis or in-moment communication tools, look for ways to modify them to fit who you are and how you communicate. Because again, the, the coaches tune out the pat answers, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to work harder for you, coach. Yeah, whatever, right. Yeah, I've heard well, they've heard times. that one mm -hmm. over and over, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to try to get a better look at that one, yeah, coach. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. I hope you do, <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know. And well, and those those aren't bad mm -hmm. in and of themselves, especially as we're learning. But if you can modify it mm -hmm. just a little bit, 
hey, coach, I, I'm going to work harder to find a different position to see that play. Mm-hmm. That's that's real similar to I want to get a better look at it, but it sounds just a little bit different in that moment. And I would even say I need to position adjust on that play. Mm-hmm. That's totally my fault. I need to I need to get a better look at that play. Yeah, I've given myself up. This is what I need to do. This has nothing to do with you, coach. You are basically correct. I need to position adjust so I can get a better look at that play. And and then one last thing that I want to say now, speaking as a as a coordinator, okay. um, because as officials we feel like we are always trying to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so sometimes it feels like if if we do what you've just said over the course of this podcast, where we're giving ourselves up and we're taking that place of humility. And all that kind of thing that sometimes that just feels like, well, then the coach is going to think that I'm no good. Okay. Here's what I can tell you. Every single coach that I have in my conference, every single one has made comments to me about officials that don't receive communication well. Mm. I have yet to get a complaint from a coach about an official that apologized too much. Yep. Hey, that's something. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great line. <laughs> that, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I have yet, I have yet yeah. to see that. Yep. And so, in, in in my particular conference, I have coaches that have been at their respective schools twenty plus years, mm-hmm. like multiple, like long. If you can work at my conference, you can work any anywhere because I mean they're tough to work for. These mm-hmm. are tough coaches to work for. But they appreciate that what they can't stand is when somebody either just tunes them out and shuts down mm-hmm. or is combative with everything that they say. Yeah. You know, it's, it goes along with the lines that I say all the time. I, and I've never heard a coordinator say, and I would hire them if, if they just had a mustache. You know, I would hire them if they just were 40 pounds overweight. You know, they don't say those things. So we, we all try. And, you know, so I would hire them if they were just a, if they were, they could communicate just a little bit worse than what they typically do. Those things don't happen. And we try to figure out, I can go to a game, I can go to a camp and have my full beard and mustache and no one's going to say anything. Well, you're right. They're not going to say anything. And there's nothing saying that you can't get hired. But no one's saying that. No one's saying it's okay to do that. And no one's saying you can't apologize. Man, he just apologizes too much. I can't have that. Yeah. So I think that's it. And I want to also add, every single one of these responses are very rarely. We also we have to think of you know how we're going to do this, right? This is not something you want to yell across the floor. I wish they all could be great calls. You know, yeah. that's not going to come across right. This you know you need to find a way to communicate these to the the people you want to communicate them without. You know, causing a big scene, and you know, basically, because that's all that's going to do is cause the coach to yell back at you, and you don't know what they're going to yell. And then they're going to say, "Well, you, sh- you know, they baited me because they yelled that across the floor." So, you know, table it. You know, I call it pocket the information. You have this information that you want to say to a coach. Put it in your pocket. Leave it there until you find a time to take it out of your pocket and go, "Hey, this is what I want to tell you." And uh, you know, we haven't touched on this either, but we need to re- remember. Do not, under no circumstances, bring up a subject that the coaches forgot about. You know, we have plays that what happened at the four-minute mark in the first period, and then, you know, the coach says, oh, what, how can that be a foul? Well, I'll ask him about it. And finally, you get to him at halftime and ask about it. Here you come, you know, basically 15 minutes later, game time minutes, trying to tell them why they missed a play in the first 
they're past that. Yeah. They're just solely past it. So we're 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 taking the scab off of off of wounds when we do that stuff. So Yeah. Well, you know, for, for us to think this way, for us to communicate this way is definitely uncommon. Mm-hmm. It is not the norm. Most people want to put up walls when, you know, any kind of that communication happens. So we know that if you try even one of these tools, um, that's going to make you just a little bit more uncommon. Mm-hmm. And look for opportunities to try those out. If it's early in the season and you get the opportunity to go work a scrimmage, you know, and you may say, well, how am I going to work anything on a scrimmage? Coach, care less what we do. You mm-hmm. know what? Find a way to agree with them mm-hmm. early on. You know, you hear them say to one of their assistant coach, man, the, the ladies are really working hard tonight. Yeah, coach, I noticed that. I your, your ladies really are hard workers. I mean, what a great thing to say. And now you've, you, it's, a, it's a simple way for you to practice that kind of thing. It can be at the, at the restaurant when the waitress totally and completely gets your order wrong and they're frustrated and they're short. And all of a sudden you can practice de-escalating that situation mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. You know, I wish they all could be perfect orders. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many ways that you can do this. And so it's our hope as we look at what it means to be uncommon, mm-hmm. uh, that you'll find ways, not just this season, but maybe even just today, find a way today to practice some sort of communication that makes you uncommon in your drive to success. True. Have a great week. We'll talk at you next week. Thanks for being a part of the Uncommon Drive podcast. We hope that you will check us out online, that you'll give us a five-star rating, and that you'll subscribe so that we can share more content like this with you in the future. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.